Oh, good morning, friends, and welcome to episode 69 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Today, my guest is Lauren Griffin. She is a freelance graphic designer in LA. She has a passion for typography, illustration, and tacos. Yes, you heard that, right? Tacos, and given that it's the morning, it's probably breakfast taco time. She works under the freelance business name of Typo Griff. During this episode, we talk about the funky, quirky merch that she's working on for pins and badges and things like that, and her reason for separating them from the Typo Griff freelance business name. She originally looked at getting into the medical field and into surgery, but the creative pull was just too strong. She tells us how inspiration for her is vintage books, and especially vintage books on type. I love that because I love print and I love books. She talks about the importance of structure and literally getting dressed as a freelancer. Get up, get out of your pajamas, get dressed like you're going to an office somewhere. It will make you feel good and make you feel productive. The last little bit I'll tease here is that she tells us about the Eureka poster show that she was part of and her awesome design that she put together for this. Now, I've seen the visuals of this and with the transparent glow-in-the-dark layer that she's using... Man, it's awesome. It's super cool. So let's just get into this dapper interview. Ladies and gentlemen, Lauren Griffin. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey Lauren, how's it going today? It's going well, how are you? I'm doing terrific, thanks for asking. Are you ready for the Quickie Podcast? Absolutely. All right. I'm not going to mess around here. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, I'm a freelance graphic designer based out of LA. Uh, I'm originally from Texas. Um, I love vintage letter forms and sort of like throwback uh, style of design with like a modern twist. I know that that's sort of kind of a hot thing right now, but you know, I truly feel that to my core. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you own it. It's not on surface. It's deep down. Pretty much. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the vibe. Um, I love illustrating and doing like my own sort of letter forms and mixing the two and sort of having like an eclectic style. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, I don't and know. I noticed on your website, you had like some pins for sale as well. Are those things that you created? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, awesome. I actually am working on a shop. Uh, this is actually the first time I've ever talked about it. But, oh, uh, man, it's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this just in. Um, yeah, I'm working on my own shop, but currently I have some stuff out of my uh, Typograph website, and it's mm -hmm. just enamel pins and a couple prints. So That's cool. awesome. Thanks. What other kind of stuff will you have in your shop, or are you even able to release that detail yet? Uh, it's actually, I'm transferring over a lot of the stuff that I have currently in my shop. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to be fleshing that out with more strange pins and patches and, you know, prints, all sorts of P words. I love how you describe them as strange. 
Oh, that's that's the whole reason why I'm going to divide it because I want to like separate my design entity from my like weird, this is your wearable, you know, stuff that comes out of my strange like brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Sounds like a ton of fun. Um, so before, and how long have you been freelancing for? Um, I would say like full-time freelance has been, uh, like newer development, but I have been freelancing on the side of either school or part-time job for mm-hmm. like the last eight years. Got it. Um, but yeah, I would say I moved out to LA and I started doing freelance pretty much only freelance mm-hmm. four years ago. And uh, it's been going really well. That's awesome. Good for you. (laughs) And what was the move for, how come you moved to LA from Texas? What did you go and seek of? Um, It was actually, there was one stop in between. Uh, I went from Texas where I went to UT Austin, Mm -hmm. welcome horns. Uh, (laughs) And then I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico for two years. And then I moved to LA because I was, Kind of, I guess, already on the westward trajectory, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I love California. I lived here when I was a kid, so that was, yeah, it was just sort of a throw a dart at the map, like, what's the coolest place I can go to that might be, you know, creatively challenging, so. That's cool. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> it takes guts to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> it was kind of not like me to do it, but I'm glad <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, it was totally terrifying, but I'm glad it worked out now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's great. So you had briefly mentioned your childhood in California. I want to go, I want to explore that a little bit and hear a bit more about what your childhood was like. And do you feel you had a creative childhood and why? What made it that way? Uh, I definitely did. Yeah. My uh, my mom's side, uh, my entire mom's side of the family, I have like 14 cousins and I would say almost every single one of us have some sort of creative outlet that we explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be music or painting or whatever, I'm good at neither of those things, but design is sort of where mine shines. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like I was always drawing as a kid. I have an older sister. She was like amazing at drawing. So I'm really competitive. So that was sort of like <laughs> what fueled the fire there. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So you like have creative in your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's my awesome. mom is a is an engineer actually, but she like she's always taking art classes and she's all, like she's super into that. I feel like her love of like architecture and design sort of informed a lot of my like childhood interests and mm-hmm. in, like super vintage stuff too. So So with your mom being that engineer and into architecture and that do you feel your sort of graphic and creative direction was, was that encouraged? Was that sort of a, a secondary thing or what? It was, I don't know if I would say it was encouraged. I remember having a conversation with my parents. They're like, so you decided to go to art school. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <You laughs> Maybe. Know? And, and I was like, I, you know, I have like a, I have the feeling that I'd rather do this because I was, I was actually looking to go into the medical profession before this. Um, and I wanted to go into surgery (laughs) because I was, you know, using your hands, it's important. Yeah. And I was like down that path and I had a like talking, talking to from my uh, art teacher who was like super, uh, I don't know. He was super supportive of me and he was Mm -hmm. just like, you should go for this. You're good at this. And it gave me the confidence to do it. So yeah, you're good at this. You love this. Why are you even looking elsewhere? 
Yeah, it makes you like it sets you on fire. That's that's what you need. Yeah, sets you on fire. That's perfect. I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there a moment throughout uh, maybe that transition or your earlier childhood where where you're you know, you started seeing design or illustration out in the world and it really ignited it for you and, and just reassured you that, yep, this is the direction. Art school is the direction. Yeah, I would say um, it was in later high school. Uh, my sister and I were both super, super into like lowbrow art and like going to art shows, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of illustrators that I was just obsessed with and in fact like did that thing where all of my pieces in my AP art classes were starting to look more and more like their work and I was just like stop it you should you know <laughs> <laughs> but like when you when you go out and you like go to art shows like that it's like really inspiring and that was sort of what made me want to go to design school mm -hmm. um, and Again, the competitive aspect, I wanted to get into the design program at UT, which is only like 18 kids. Wow. And so that was sort of like my move where I was like, oh, I'm going to get in. <laughs> yeah. So, and I didn't even know what design was technically. It was, uh, it was more of a design theory program. Mm -hmm. So we didn't actually learn a lot of like the program tools and like graphic designerly things. It was more like how you think of design and design mm. tools. No stuff. So, so when you went into the program, you mentioned you didn't really know like graphic design. How would you define graphic design? What? When did that click? When did you go? Oh, that's design. Uh, I don't know if there was a defining moment exactly, but there was. I think it was when I started using Illustrator to do presentations for my uh, for my class projects. Like mm -hmm. we would be building things out of wood but I would have to have like a presentation poster or some sort of like you know I would I loved leaning on like illustrations to explain myself mm -hmm. and then getting into like how type and illustrations like works together I was like I'm liking this a little bit more than what I'm actually making in the class <laughs> you know? so that's yeah sort of the, vi the, the visual explanation or the, uh, the illustrated representation of what you're building is really what it is Totally. Got it. So is there a, um, you know, a design or a specific illustration or piece of art or something like that, um, that you feel is, is the most influential in your career so far? Um, I, I would say a lot of it is actually looking back through vintage books, not mm -hmm. like a specific designer, but, uh, I actually have subscribed to the lettering library. I think Jason Karn did that, um, and or I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Is it Karn? Karn? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he he put out a bunch of like vintage textbooks, and I used to like go through like vintage type specimens, cool. and just like just to get like there's so much you can do with the alphabet, and like when you see how other people have solved that problem, you can start to create problems of your own. And, like, I would say that those materials were, like, super inspiring to me. Um, but if if you would like, like, you know, an actual person or a name or anything, I could totally give you, like, a whole list. No, that was awesome. Vintage books. Like, my background is print. So anytime yeah. somebody comes out and drops down, like, books being influential, I'm all thumbs up here. 
Absolutely. Like looking back, especially in vintage books, um, there's so much just uniqueness about that. Totally. Totally. Um, My family and I were just recently in Ireland um, for a vacation and we went to uh, Trinity College in Dublin and there they have the Book of Kells. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Book of Kells yet. So even going in there and looking at that and the illustrations and drawing in that was amazing. Oh, I love, I love Irish letter forms too. Like it's, or like Irish, I don't know how you would like describe that. That's exactly how I would describe it. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're, they have like the best patterns, the best like symbols, all of those things. It's just, it's excellent. It's incredible. I, I loved it all. I just ate it up. Um, and then like the marketing area of the Guinness factory there, that was cool. That's that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, who is a designer or a brand that you look up to or closely follow? And what is it about them that you like? Um, I would say designer wise, uh, one of my favorite designers right now is Alana Louise. Mm -hmm. Um, she's, I mean, she's really incredible with how she does things in like a flat illustrative way. And like, she also uses just type like impeccably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to think like a brand. I actually, I interned for Helms workshop when I lived in Austin mm-hmm. and uh, as a design studio, they're one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, there's an attention to detail and a level of like thought that they put into their projects and explanations. Um, and Christian Helms, he's like, he's really, really incredible at like explaining the process mm-hmm. of like the brand development and stuff like that. So I would say like, those are like two huge ones for me. Those are um, great. Both great ones. I want to ask you a little bit about your process now. Um, Tell me about your process and what you think might make your process a little bit unique. Um, I would say my process is a little unique because it's unconventional. Uh, (laughs) I do a lot of like sketching, like hand sketching. I know that that's not unconventional, but I will take that into the computer and Pretty much I use the pen tool 90% of the time. And then if I start to get frustrated with how that's going or I can't think in the computer anymore, Mm -hmm. I'll print it off and then start sketching on top of it with tracing paper. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's like that kind of thing where sometimes your hand and your computer and your brain aren't matching up, but like pencil and paper. And I particularly love tracing paper because I can just iterate on top of it like... You know, I have a flat file that's just full of tiny little like sketches that mm-hmm. just sketch and sketch. I used to love tracing paper. We I used to call it onion skin. <laughs> Mom, that's pick awesome. up some more onion skin. I got to do some tracing. That's so strange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not that strange. Come on. <laughs> that's, cool. that's cool. I've never seen um, or heard of the, you know, the, that being utilized in that way though. So, yeah, it's, and sometimes it'll just go back and forth from like, take a picture on my phone of this, like trace and then put it in the computer. If I'm still not liking it, might get printed off again. Mm -hmm. I might just like trace from the screen. It's, it's weird. It's really strange. But by the end of it, I always know that I'm like working towards where I want to be. Yeah. 
No, you nailed that one. I would say that's unique. It's the first time I've heard of that. <laughs> so the next couple of questions that I have take you down a part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes and learned some lessons. And I really want to bring those stories out and share the lessons learned with the listeners. Um, but I turn it around and we end in a happy place, I promise. Okay. okay. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you make it through? Um, I would say there were two times. Um, the first time was when I first moved to Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I sort of moved there, uh, in a relationship Mm -hmm. and I was freelancing out of necessity because I didn't get a job immediately. And it was extremely challenging because I was working and I hate to admit this on those competition sites Mm -hmm. because it was something that I could churn out designs and put them somewhere so people could see. Mm -hmm. But it was just one of those things where I was putting too many man hours in and there was no return. And I started getting extremely discouraged. Um, But it did actually end up working out because I put a few of those designs on a Behance profile Mm -hmm. and immediately got a response from like the one advertising place in town in Albuquerque that I actually thought had good work. <laughs> so they were like, come design for us. So I was like, oh my God, finally, I can wear pants and yeah. not just pajamas. <laughs> yeah, a reason to get dressed. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's that's what made it the hardest. Like when you don't have a reason to go out of your house, that's the hardest thing as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I have to like remind myself, like you gotta like get up, pretend you're going to your job, work like you're going to your job every single day because you have to you have to have structure and if you don't have structure it just you'll your mind will fall apart totally totally <laughs> and then what was the second one you said you mentioned there that you had a couple of them uh the second one i would say was when i moved first to los angeles <laughs> same, <laughs> okay. same deal it was just like i was coming off of that job in albuquerque i had a lot more tools I had like learned a lot of things working for those two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was kind of right back in the same situation, but I, I had like picked up certain things. Like I knew that I had to get out of the house, set hours for myself, but it was still a struggle because, you know, when you don't, when you don't know where the next job is coming from, that kind of stress is just like paralyzing sometimes. But yeah. You can imagine almost, you know, to the point where you know that the only way to get that next job is to get dressed and go out and do it. Totally. But you're so stuck, you know, with routine um, or lack thereof, I guess would be the better term. No routine that you don't know how to break out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to other people helps a lot too. Mm-hmm. That was one of my like biggest you know, learned things was I, uh, I found another freelancer and she was actually a writer But we met up at a coffee shop every day and Mm. we would work from, you know, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. in the coffee shop pretty much every day. And just having someone to bounce ideas off of, that's key. So lesson learned in both of those experiences are number one, get up and get dressed. Definitely. (laughs) And the second one is find people that you can talk to that might be experiencing the same thing or have been through the same thing and can just talk to you through it. That's cool. Are you actively mentoring or being mentored by anyone? Um, 
I would say I've done some collaborations with people mm -hmm. and I've actually, I've seen an influx of questions in my inbox, which warms my heart so much <laughs> when people are like, I love your work. How do you do it? I'm like, no, people notice that. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you know? Did you email the wrong person? You... Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So I'll get, I'll get questions on like what my process is like. And I like to take the time out of my day to be like, okay, like here's some of my like tips and tools that I use. And mm -hmm. this is, you know, I actually just recently last week got one and she asked a lot of like specific illustrator questions. And I was like, well, these are my hotkeys. These are like the, you know, shortcuts that I use, that kind of thing, which I don't know that, that felt super good. To That's me. great. The yeah. hotkeys, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the secret. Um, can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I actually, I'll hearken back to my school days for this. It was mm -hmm. the first time that I ever got into a branding project, and it was... Um, I don't know if I should say the name of it because I'm like, oh, I feel bad because I'm going to trash talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we had a branding project for this um, this company in school, and half of the kids were doing their web redesign, and half of the kids were doing you know stuff to make them money, and mm. then I volunteered to do branding because I was you know ignited with that like sudden passion for, you know, letter forms and illustration and all that stuff, which yep. was a huge regret when I took on uh -oh. this, like this project with uh, the other kid in my class who was also doing it. Um, basically the client didn't know what she wanted. Her favorite font was papyrus because oh. she said it was quirky, but fun. No quirky, but unique. Mm -hmm. And I think I cried more during that class than I ever cried in my entire life. Oh, Lauren, I, just... I hope we get to the lightning round here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, I really wanted to give her something good. And mm -hmm. one kernel of knowledge that I got from that from my teacher, um, his name is David. He came to me and he was just like, listen, you can't take this so hard because as long as you make their logo better, you're putting something better out into the world. And mm -hmm. I was just still, it's in papyrus. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, all of that. And he's like, well, look at their old logo. And it was worse. So I guess, yeah. you know, that's something you gotta, you gotta take the punches sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that's a tough one. How did that one end then? Did the, it was just a school project, right? What, not an official task or was it like sort it of a live was job? Official. Uh, it was a live job, but of course they were getting like free design from like the student YouTube. work and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I think they're still using the logo, uh, which we she did ended up make loving better. papyrus. I actually ended up editing the papyrus. So it looks a lot less papyrusy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I did, I did a lot of work going into that, but, uh, I don't know. We made their like giant, they had this giant leafy logo mm -hmm. that went with it uh we made that like cleaner and less you know intense it was that's all i can say I, i'm sure this doesn't put any visuals that are good in anyone's <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> whatever visuals i'm creating are just <laughs> it's, 
it is probably close to what you're imagining. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, the, I guess the lesson in that was that it's what the client wants. Yes, and but you get to you get to actually try to make a case for something better. Mm-hmm. So well said. What is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, is it terrible to say that I don't feel like I'm struggling that much? Um, I would say maybe time management uh, would be the biggest challenge because uh, when you have like eight different projects going on, you have to really learn how to stack them properly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything else is going pretty well. I love my clients. I love. It's a good thing. I'm knocking on wood here for you. Yeah. That's great. No, that's good to hear. The time management, though, is definitely something um, that I think is a skill that needs to be that, you know, is not ever gifted naturally. I think it's definitely something learned. Yeah. Yeah. It's learning how to juggle. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to turn this bus around. Tell us about a project you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Um, I would have to say that would be the Eureka, uh, poster show that the hood sisters put on. Um, they put it like, if you've heard of them, I'm sure, uh, Amy and Jen hood, they're awesome. They run this design studio hood spa and they put together this curated history of California. Um, like, and they had designers create posters for different eras Mm -hmm. And I chose the 40s slash 50s, which, of course. (laughs) And the poster that I made was about the Salton Sea. And it has, like, this incredible history that it was a, like, destination spot. Um, And then this, like, horrible thing happened where all of the water became extremely toxic. And everything, if you... Like, if you ever go there, it's just littered with bones. Crazy. The whole beach is made out of bones now. And it used to be this, like, destination spot to go, like, boating and swimming. And now it's just, like, desolate, but still extremely beautiful. Um, so the piece I made was a sort of, like, large postcard for the Salton Sea. And mm-hmm. then it glows in the dark. And everything in the dark is dead. So you have like this jumping fish, but it's like just fish bones when it's like glow in the dark. So I was That's really cool. proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And, and, like, and the show was so cool to like see all of the people that they got together. Like you just so many designers that I admired. They made incredible work. That's great. And it was a printed postcard then. They printed them out. Mm-hmm. It was a poster, but yeah, it was like a, the idea was it was a like postcard, but in poster format. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Super cool. Um, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Uh, well, okay. The entire Adobe creative suite, if I'm cheating here, uh, but (laughs) illustrator, and then to delve down into that, I would say the pen tool (laughs) is like my, you know, my golden tool. Yeah. And, um, community wise, I love the dribble community. I like, putting my work on there. Like when I was a much younger designer, like trying to put my work out there, getting feedback from people, that was, that was 
so like I couldn't trade that for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those are great ones for sure. Mm-hmm. So now's the time of the show where we get the ask it forward question. I've got a question from my last guest that I'm going to ask you. And then I'm going to ask you for a question for the next guest. I'm not going to tell okay. you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So the question I have for you is about mental health. My last guest was Jordan Sandler, Sandler sorry, and she was a illustrator out of Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, who has a book coming out. She just told me, so that's pretty cool. Um, awesome. Where are you at in your mental health journey? Okay. Um, and are I would you, say I'm partially so, there. <laughs> <laughs> and the other sort of a follow-up to that would be, um, are you exploring self-awareness with yourself and with your work? Um, I kind of separate my mental health uh, from my design work because I okay. actually find design to be like, uh, I don't know, it's one of the more positive aspects of my life when I think about my mental health. Mm-hmm. I think work gives me purpose, and purpose gives me a greater sense of self. Yep. Um, and then, you know, outside of that kind of how, I mean, I, I struggle with anxiety. Most people do. I feel like a lot of people are actually open to this conversation nowadays. Definitely. Um, I would say... My biggest one is actually performance anxiety, which sounds small, but uh, it's definitely a huge struggle, uh, especially when being asked to do, not not this kind of thing, but- <laughs> Being asked know, to do a podcast. In the same, in the same vein, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you just sort of like lose all of your thoughts and you're just on the spot and you're like, I want to be anywhere else but here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's not the feeling I have currently. <laughs> Good. I'm glad yeah. I can bring some comfort. Yeah. But I would say mental health wise, design actually helps me with a lot of things. Without it, I would definitely be a little more lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working through it. <laughs> that's great. I love your answer. I love your honesty, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So what is the question you would like me to ask of the next guest? I almost want to do something just as simple as what are your five favorite fonts? Ooh, no, that's awesome. I had uh, a couple of episodes ago, we had the question of what's your favorite pizza? That's, that's excellent. (laughs) I'm like, should I answer that? (laughs) (laughs) I think you really should, to be honest. All right. Well, I, I actually am one of those people who likes pineapple on pizza. Yikes. No, yes, it belongs there, 100%. Yeah, I'm like a build-your-own sausage ricotta, black olives, and pineapple kind of lady. That's fantastic. I like the way you throw it down. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So I'm going to do a little mini lightning round here just because I'm going to squeeze it in. Um, So I'm just going to ask you eight to ten quick questions, one to two word answers usually. Um, and it's just an opportunity for you to flex your personality a little bit. Okay. Um, first question, not on the lightning round, but do you have your phone nearby? I do indeed. If you can open up your camera roll in preparation, that would be fantastic. (laughs) Oh no. All right. (laughs) All right, Lauren, what is one of your nicknames that only your parents would know? Uh, lightning. Lightning? How fitting. What animal would best describe your design style? Hmm. 
The Fennec Fox. Fennec Fox. In one or two words, describe the last picture you took with your phone. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> Screenshot. <laughs> Screenshot. Perfect. <laughs> um, ask for permission or ask for forgiveness later. Permission. How often do you say the word dapper? A lot. Really? A that's, lot. That's great. I need to use it more. Um, tea or coffee? Coffee. What's your favorite carnival food? Corn dog. Classic. You have to choose one. Comic okay. Sans or Papyrus? Ugh. Comic Sans, but only for under the age of 11. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, last question here. You have to start over in your design career. Everything you have ever done has been erased from history except for one project. What is it and why? Ooh. I might just go with the salt and sea poster that I was talking about earlier because yep. I feel like it, it, represents, uh, it re- represents me pretty fully. That's awesome. Lauren, you made it. Hopefully that, <laughs> I did. Yeah, hopefully that was easy for you. Yeah, no, it was great. Awesome. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being my guest. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I really appreciate it. Now you know why I threw down the word dapper at the beginning of the episode. Thank you again. I'll be back again tomorrow. Catch you then. See ya. <laughs>